glory, the honor, the majesty. And so, Father, this morning, we come before you with rejoicing, with praise, with adoration. We magnify you. Who is like unto thee, O God? Among the gods, there is none like unto thee. For the gods of this earth are stone and earth. They are sticks. They are made by the hands of men. They cannot create. They cannot speak. But, O oh, you God created the heavens and the earth. You God spoke all things into being. And you hold all things in place by the word of your power. And so, Father, we give you honor. We give you worship and adoration in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your goodness to us. The sons of men, thank you for calling us, Lord, out of darkness into your marvelous light to show forth your praises. And so with hearts lifted up, hands lifted up as an extension of our hearts, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. For so great salvation, Lord, we give you praise. For your love, Lord, thank you. You are good, and your mercies endure forever. How good you are. How merciful you are. How kind you are. Oh, yes, how kind you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For God so loved us, so loved the world, that you gave your only begotten son, Jesus. We, through him, his death on the cross may be saved. On the cross, he bore our sins. He bore our sicknesses. He bore our pain. The chastisement needful for obtaining peace for us. That was upon him, the crown of thorns he wore, that we may have peace of mind. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. Thank you. Thank you for so great salvation. That Christ has brought life and immortality to light. We say thank you. By his resurrection, he's reconciled us to you. We who were no people. We are now the people of God. And so we say thank you in the name of Jesus. For every blessing also, Lord, we say thank you. Every material blessing, the ability to rise and walk and talk, to hear. Oh, God, for every blessing, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For all that you provide, the ability to eat and digest what we eat, that it may give energy to our strength, to our bodies, these temples of God, that we may serve you. Thereby, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so by him, Jesus, we offer the sacrifice of praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise be to God. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Give the Lord a shout, somebody. We are alive. We are alive. In him we live. In him we move. 
in him you have your being. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. To be counted among the living. I say thank you Jesus. To be born again. With our names written. In heaven. We say thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We ask God's blessings on his word. As we sit down. And dine together at the table of God. Amen. God bless you in the sanctuary. God bless you around the world. Welcome to World Missions Ministries Church Service. Amen. We're going to receive the true light of God's word today. Amen. Be blessed. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Today we're looking at expectation. It's the womb of manifestation. Expectation is the womb of manifestation. Amen. In other words, expectation will give birth to miracles, to signs, to wonders. To the manifestation of God's goodness to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Naturally, for a woman to give birth to a child, there has to be conception. Amen. There has to be conception in the womb. And at the appointed time, humans, normally nine months later, child is born. Praise the Lord. In the realm of the spirit, there is a womb. God says he will not cause you to conceive and not help you to break forth or give birth to what you have conceived. In the realm of the spirit, you have a spiritual womb. You conceive in that spiritual womb. And what you conceive, you will give birth to. Praise the Lord. Just as it is in the natural, that a woman will conceive in the natural and give birth, you will also conceive in the spiritual and give birth. Praise the Lord. The key to giving birth is having expectation. You know, even in the natural, when some family is expecting a child, family is going to have a baby, Couple is going to start their family, tell you that they are expecting. Amen. It used to be a long time ago, it used to be that would say, woman is pregnant, woman is expecting. Today's world, both the couple say, we are pregnant. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know how men get pregnant, but in today's world, that is the lingo, that is how we say, we are pregnant. We are expected. And the child will be born. Isn't that right? As it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Need to see that. Amen. For there to be a manifestation of the baby, somebody has to have, somebody has to be expected. And as, as long as you're expecting, there will be a manifestation. The child will be born. Praise God. Barring anything going wrong, the child will be born. And God assures us 
of his blessing and of his protection by saying this to us. You will not miscarry. You will not give forth your child before the time. That is God's blessing. So I speak that over you, both in the natural for those uh, who are expecting naturally and also spiritually. May you not abort your child. May you not cast forth your young before the time. Amen. May you conceive and bring forth for your rejoicing and to the glory of God. I speak that into your life. You can conceive an enterprise, a business. The Lord gave me a word today that is power will come upon you. He will give you wisdom, favor, to give birth to what he has blessed you with. He give you wisdom. He give you favor. Through his wisdom, his favor, and his power upon you, you will give birth to that enterprise. Amen. That business enterprise, you will give birth to it. And it will grow. It will increase. That ministry, you conceive it and give birth to it. Praise the Lord. Things are not birthed into the world without conception. Amen. Nothing manifests without first it being conceived. Nothing. I'm going to show it to you in scriptures. In the realm of the spirit, for the spirit world to manifest itself into the natural world, the spirit world has to cause a person to conceive. The spirit world has to cause somebody to be expecting. A child will not be born until a mother is expecting a child. It is, it is impossible for a human child to come into this world, to manifest, to be displayed, outdoored, given a name, unless first a woman conceives. Somebody has to expect. You and I came to this world because somebody was expecting. An expectant mother produced you. Amen. Any business that is born and grows is because somebody conceived. Somebody had a blueprint, a plan, a concept. It was conceptualized. Somebody had a dream. The spirit world manifests itself in the natural world by making somebody conceive. You have to have, you have to see it. If you can see something, if you can dream it, God will do it. I pray for you that you will see the invisible. You will see the invisible. So that that which you see that is invisible may become visible. Praise God. When Paul was on the road to Damascus to 
Arrest men and women who believed in Jesus. Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle. Before he became the Apostle Paul, he was on the road to Damascus with letters from the high priest and the spiritual leaders who were against Christianity. They were against the people of the way. Christianity was then called the people of the way because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And they felt that it was a sect. They called it a sect or a cult even. You know, they were like, it was against Judaism. And, and they just didn't want it to be established. And one of the greatest uh, terrorists, I would call him, against Christianity was Saul of Tarsus. He gave his voice when Stephen was being murdered. He took the clothes of the people who were murdering, stoning Stephen to death, carried what they had so that they would be able to be free. If you took my light out, excuse me, sir, elder, whatever you did, took my light out. Whatever you did in that room, you took a light out. Thank you. All right, so I'm expecting light. Let there be light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. All right. Okay, so Saul of Tarsus, Saul of Tarsus has persecuted Christians. And on his way to Damascus in Syria, he sees a great light that is brighter than the noonday light. And sunlight. Thank you, Lord. Falls off his horse. And he hears a voice speaking to him in the Hebrew language. This is really when he got his call. From the Lord Jesus Christ. He, I'm going to stand up in a moment. I'm going to stand back up in a moment. You have to forgive me. I'm like a teacher in the class. When we get ready to go, when there's movement, I get thrown off. Also, what we do, there's always spiritual warfare. So Satan will just needle people to just get up, do this, just to throw us off. As much as possible, you have to just make sure you stay seated. Just stay focused in the presence of God. You just have to forgive me. Praise the Lord. Still human. God's using humans to work. You have to think about that. Humans. Help the humans do what they have as best as possible. That limit. Once we're set to go, nothing, everything just remains the same. Praise God. All right, just like you're cooking in your kitchen, you have a plan. You don't need somebody coming in, throwing things off. It throws you off, so things throw me off. I apologize for having to address this at this time. I just need to be able to flow. 
All right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just went with Saul's uh, story to bring this point out. And if you can study it, make time to study it on your own, you see, I pray that God will bless you. You see this. When Saul saw this light that was brighter than sunlight, he got blinded. So naturally, now he's blinded, so he cannot see in the natural. When he was physically blind, he saw the invisible God. And he had his call, and he heard things. He said the men who were with him also heard the voice, but they could not make out what the voice was saying, because the voice was not directed to them. The voice was directed to Saul. So Saul of Tarsus understood everything. To the men, the voice was like thunder. The, men, the soldiers who were with him, according to the book of Acts, it's in three places in the book of Acts. You can study it on your own when you have time. In Acts 9, when first happened, he, he recounts it in Acts 22 and then in Acts 26. Each time he adds a little bit more to it. And that's how of what often, often happens when somebody has a vision or a spiritual experience. If they tell it to you the first time. The second time, sometimes they add something that was, was not included the first time. Again, because it is supernatural dealing with the natural. And when you have supernatural experiences, God is using, you use something, the natural, to help you understand things in the spiritual. So, uh, because of that limitation, because not everything that pertains in the spiritual has its equal in the natural. So just because of that limitation, you don't know everything. And when you're narrating it the first time, you can, give, you can say it in this way. The second time you say it the exact same way, but then the Lord can give you a better understanding uh, or you even remember, the Holy Spirit brings to your recollection, to your memory, something that transpired in the Spirit that uh, was not relayed or you did not recount the first time. All right, I'm explaining this so that when you have a dream or a vision or something from God, which is the supernatural, imprinting something in your spirit so they can give birth to it, when you have a similar thing, you would know how to be guided. Does that make sense to you? Because you're going to have dreams that God will give to you. You're going to have visions. God's going to speak to you. Here on earth, we see through a glass darkly. But in heaven, we'll know in full, even as God knows us right now, in full. Right now, you don't have a perfect knowledge of everything. Right? Or somebody does. Okay. Thank you. All right, so when you have a vision or a dream or some revelation, write it down. Record it first time. You record it. Second time around when you're praying over it or talking to uh, your loved one about it or your prayer partner about it, the Holy Spirit can bring more clarity to you. Add that piece to it. So this story I'm talking to you about, by Paul's experience, 
It is first recorded in Acts chapter 9. Paul relates, he recounts it or tells a story again in Acts 22. In Acts 22, he adds a little bit more information or material that you're not going to find in Acts chapter 9. It's not because there is discrepancy. It's just simply because God is adding more clarification, adding more information for the person to understand it better. Because we are human, and God is supernatural, and we don't have all of God's information. Make sense to you? Amen. So you get a dream, if you can, when you wake up that night, write it down, or speak, record it into your phone, or whatever. Because sometimes, if you don't record it right away, you wake up and you forget the dream. It happens. Sometimes you forget, and it's entirely gone. Other times you forget, and sometime later, it comes back to you. Sometimes when it comes back to you, it comes back in pieces. So it's a lot more helpful for you if you actually are able to record it the first time. I know sometimes we are sleepy. At least it happens to me. You know, and I'm or a little bit lazy or I'm too sleepy to write it. And I don't want to turn on the light. The moment I, I turn on the light, at least for me, it's hard for me to go back to sleep right away. Like one of the most difficult things for me to do is rest after, uh, after a seminar or a conference. Because I'm so spiritually high, it takes me a while to my body to just settle down and sleep. And I get even more tired because when, you, when God's using you in the conference or the program, you're under the anointing, your body is still flesh. So you're going and your body is tired, but because the unction is strong, you just keep going. Then when it's over, you're supposed to rest, I'm already high. Does it make sense? Like somebody has had a lot of coffee or I don't want to say high on something else, you know. But you're so high and edgy, it's hard to rest. So that happens to me. So sometimes when I have a revelation at night, I know what I'm telling you. I know I'm supposed to do it. I'm supposed to record it or write it down so I don't forget. And. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so tired. If I turn on the light, I can't go to sleep. So the Lord and I have, you know, this like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go to sleep. And please, because I need the rest. Please bring it back. Please. So we make a deal like that. And uh, he's been good to me. Amen. He's been good to me. So find how God deals with you. And relate to him. We good? All right. So just with Paul's story, when his eyes, his vision was gone naturally, was when he saw into the spirit realm. Now, once it was over, when you read it, it's funny. Once it was over, he said, when it was over, then he saw no man. Now, spiritually, it's over, and he just can't see anything. Natural. So uh, he's by himself and he's blind for a season. Then he has a vision. Please make time to study these things. He has another revelation. And the revelation, when you read it, it's interesting, Reverend Rosemary. It says that in a revelation, 
Actually, God put it this way. God told a disciple called Ananias. He said, Saul is now my servant. I've had, he's, had a, I've had an, he's had an encounter with me. I've called him into ministry. I want you to go and minister to him. And Ananias said, no, no, Lord. Maybe you in heaven, you don't know. But those of us here on earth, we know this. He's been terrorizing your people. I'm not going to go. This is a bad guy. And God said, no, no, no. He's been converted. Since the last time that he's arresting people, he's been converted. He's now my servant. And he lives on a street called Straight. Street, Straight Street. Go to Straight Street. Go to this number, house number. He's there. And God said to him, he has seen in a vision. Please pay attention. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. God told Ananias that Paul, he's blind, he, but he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. Sometimes this happens to me. I would actually have a revelation and I'll see like a billboard, you know, signboard, and I'll see writing on it. So it's in the spirit, I see it. So when I read that, I think about it. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. So you saw the man's name. It was not like in this case, he was told it. You see the difference? Sometimes God would tell you a man called this or um, a woman called Risi will come and minister to you. A man called Max will come, you know, you hear it. In that case, when you read in the Bible, it says, God said to Ananias, he's my servant. Go to him. I've called him. He's changed. He's not going to kill you. Go to him. And he has seen in a vision a man called Ananias. That's you. So when Ananias arrived, Saul of Tarsus was like, are you Ananias? Now, if God hadn't told you prior to getting there, you would say, well, how do you know my name? How do you know me? Right? But because he was afraid of Saul and God had already told him when he got to Saul and Saul said, are you Ananias? He's not comforted. He's, you know, he's, he's like, okay, yeah, this is the right guy. The, the information checks out. Yes? It's like you're watching the James Bond movie, you know, spy things. You know, when you go, the code name is this. When the person comes and gives you the code, you know, well, that's the right guy. Yes? You know, in the Bible, they use codes. Anybody remember Sh Shibboleth and Sibboleth? Yeah, this, <laughs> the town of Zobano, and, and uh, to figure out who was who, the code was Shibboleth. But the people could not say the sh sound, so they would say Sibboleth, and that meant they were not part of, uh, they were not one of them. You know, the accent was somehow they could not say the sh sound. So, say, okay, what's the code name? And he would say, Sibboleth. Say like, no, 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 no. You are KGB and not CIA. With me? Hallelujah. Okay. So, that's just an example of spirit world communicating something to the natural. But to manifest it in the natural, 
They've got to get a human being to see, see what needs to be manifested. Amen. For a person to be born again, they have to hear words about Jesus. For a person to be healed, they have to, be, they have to hear that healing is God's will. Sometimes it's hard to get some people healed because they don't believe it is God's will to heal them. So they need to be reprogrammed. They need a new information. They need a new picture. Whether it's good or bad, positive or negative, nothing manifests from the realm of the spirit into the natural unless the spirit realm programs somebody in the natural with information that will make that somebody in the natural expect that thing that the spirit realm wants to produce, to bring to pass in the natural. Whether it's the healing of your body, the salvation of people, the, the prosperity of a nation, somebody has to see it. Amen. Okay. So let's do some scriptures. Right? Let's, do, let's do some scriptures. Uh, we're talking about Expectation is the womb of manifestation. To manifest something in the natural, whether it is good or bad, good from God's side, bad from the devil's side. In the spirit realm, they have to make you expect it. Until they can make you expect it, it will never happen. It will never happen. Yeah, that's just how God has programmed things to work on earth. Amen. Everything that's happening in your life, it is happening because at some point, somebody prayed it into your life or you prayed it into your life. Somebody spoke it or you spoke it. Either you spoke it or a patriarch in your family spoke it or your pastor spoke it over you, your parents spoke it, grandparents spoke it, or the Lord himself spoke it. It has to be spoken. Do you all know that Jesus has prayed for all of us before? So there are, th there are things that you live in now simply because it was spoken by the Lord. Take time to study it. In John 17, Jesus prayed for his living disciples at the time, you know, the people you call the apostles, he prayed for them. Then he prayed for all of us. He prayed for all the people who will be born again through the preaching and teaching of their word. He prayed for all of us. So there are certain life, lifestyles that we're living because the Lord spoke it. The Lord dreamt it, desired it, and said it, prayed it. Everything that's happening in your life is happening today because in the spirit realm, somebody Desired it, dreamt it, wanted it, and released that picture into the natural. Maybe 500 years before you and I were born. Oh, yes. Are you with me? 
that there are things, ladies and gentlemen, we have to learn and start changing our lives, start changing our churches, our communities, change our nations. I quickly say this so that you all will be with me and some people online who pay attention, especially people who are not like Christianized or they're not into church. I'm trying to reach them as well. So I give you this example. Historically, there's something called the partition of Africa. You know, the continent of Africa was partitioned, was divided. You know who did that? Europeans did that. It wasn't Africans who partitioned Africa. It was Europeans who partitioned Africa. In 1844, I think, was it 1844? What date was that meeting in, uh, in Brussels, in Belgium? What? Eight, 1884, 1884, thank you, Max. In 1884, <laughs> European nations met with no black person present, no African present, and they decided they were going to chop up, cut up Africa. For example, today, there are people from the country that's called Ghana, which is, used to be called Gold Coast. It had a lot of gold. When the Portuguese came, they could not believe these people have this much gold. Called it the Gold Coast. One of the first places that they set a fort, like a, a trading fort, like a castle trading fort, was called the Mines. The mines, Almina. You mine gold here. Almina. Almina. Anyway. <laughs> so, in, in, in Ghana, you have people from Ghana who have family in uh, another country to the left called Cote d'Ivoire or the Ivory Coast. Same people, but now after years, they are now, those who stayed on the Ivory Coast side, they are French. And those who are on the Ghana side, they are Ghanaians and English speaking. Same family. The white man from Europe just came and drew a line, said, this is the boundary. It's absolutely ridiculous. But changed people's destinies. Changed people's destinies. And it's impacting Africans today. And before you think, I didn't come to church to hear about Africa. No, 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 let me tell you. It's impacting black people all over the world today. Today. And just before you say, well, I'm white, it doesn't affect me. Let me tell you what happens to black people or brown people impacts white people. It impacts all of us. It impacts your peace. It impacts your rest. You live in a world where you're anxious when you see somebody of another color, of a different religion, of a different persuasion. You're not at rest. In America, most people see somebody with a turban, wearing a turban, and is he a terrorist? You're not at rest. You're not at peace. And some of it is just plain and simple ignorance. The fact that somebody is wearing a turban does not make them a terrorist. What was the guy's name? Uh, Oklahoma bombing. 
Oklahoma bombing. Timothy McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh was not turban wearing guy. Blew up a federal building. Killed children. I want to teach you things that will change your life and you will use it to change the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to get serious with God. Nothing manifests in our world until somebody is made to expect it to happen. And to expect it to happen, somebody is going to paint a picture for you and imprint that picture in your mind. And make you to begin to reason according to that picture, according to that information. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you have to start thinking, think critically. For example, politicians, Republicans and Democrats, let me tell you something. That's a game they play. Wake up. It's not about your life. It's not about your life. So Americans, stop fighting amongst yourselves. Stop hating your brother and your sister. That spirit is not of God. It's the devil. He just happens to be using politics. Another time he uses racism. Another time he uses sexism. Sometimes he uses economic oppression. You have to know what is the spirit behind this. Isn't it ridiculous to live in a nation that's called the United States and have the people divided? Does it even make sense? Does it make sense? So we have to do this. Arrest the spirit that is behind it. Whether it's America or Ghana or anywhere else in the world. You have to look at the spirit behind it. What is happening in the spirit realm? What is the intention? What is the purpose? What do they want to do? And am I going to just be a tool in the hands of the devil to destroy my fellow human, my wife, my husband, my children, my grandchildren. What do you see for yourself? What do you see for your generations? What are the pictures that you are painting? <laughs> Expectation is the womb of manifestation. The, the, those Europeans in 1884 expected to take the natural resources of Africa to build their nations. Yes, sir. And to do that, they have to make sure they divide you and change your thinking for you to despise yourself and everything you have. <laughs> yes then they can control you they have to come and tell you that all your systems are not right there was an African country there is still but at the time called Dahomey the people of Benin that region they had a system where women and men ruled Equally. Europeans did not have that. Even in the United States of America, white women were not allowed to vote until 1930. But in Africa, we did not have that system. 
There's a great warrior in the history of the Ashanti people. Most of you have heard of Ashanti, whether you are Ghanaian from, or most people have heard that. Called Yasantua, Nana Yasantua. She led the people of Ashanti in battle against the British. The Ashanti people fought the British four times. Because the British couldn't defeat them the first time, the second time, the third, and the fourth time. The fourth time, they just used tricks. Let's just have a meeting. We're going to talk. No, don't bring your arms. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. It's still the same thing today. They disarm you, and then they come with your arms, take over. Same thing we're doing today. We are disarmed. Not walking in love. Just hating one another. Suspicious of one another. Not free. And they are having a good life. People are scared losing their homes. You know any congressman losing their home? Do you know any congressman who will lose their home? None of them will lose their home. None. Yet we are fighting. <laughs> the former president of this country got vaccinated. And yet somehow his rhetoric has made some of his followers not want to be vaccinated. Yet he is vaccinated. I'm not saying that you should go get vaccinated just because of that. But just follow the logic. If your only reason is for not being vaccinated is because you followed the, the rhetoric of the former president. Well, he is vaccinated. You think they want their, 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 their children and grandchildren to be poor? No, sir. No, sir. Why do you think the former president put his family in the White House? Opportunity. Opportunity. Give that. I'm not here to criticize the former president or current president or tell you I'm for anybody. I'm just telling you, you have to think. You have to wake up. You have to wake up in life. Nothing manifests in this world without somebody putting some information, a picture to somebody's mind. Because they want it to manifest. And so they show you the picture. The devil starts it or God starts it. But they're going to use a vessel. They're going to use an agent. For this gospel to come into the world, God, Jesus, trained 12 people. 12 people. Even in the 12, he had an inner circle of three. So he had a strategy. He just wasn't just... Just, you know, he had a strategy. He had an inner circle of three. There were some places and some things he only went and did with the three. Other things with 12. And then he had 70 others. Apart from the 70 others, there were 500. I'm not making this, it's all in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians 15, you see 500. That is why on the day of Pentecost, how many people got baptized with the Holy Spirit? 120. So the man, man Jesus, he didn't have just 12 people. Come on, people. He had three inner core. Then he had, in fact, of the three inner core, there was one who was a star. 
You know, he will run his mouth before he thinks. Right? Yeah, if you want somebody to go preach for you, go talk for you, get a person who just likes talking. Peter. You know, and then just restrain him a little bit. You know, he'll talk. So he just... Just have the Holy Spirit restrain him and give him some wisdom. But as for talking, it's not, it's not a problem. He just keep talking. Peter, so he's the star. But he has three in a core. And the one who would stay the longest to keep this thing stable was the apostle of love. Everybody dies, he didn't die. Till he was a hundred years old. Apostle of love. Because that is what will keep this new faith, Christianity, keep it going. He was the one who held everything, everybody together. Yes. He was in the inner core. Then you got 12. Then from the 12, he had 70 others. After the 70, 500. That was a strategy. That was a strategy. He poured himself into them. Like Paul writes later on to Timothy. He said, son Timothy, the things that I have poured into you, taught you. I want you to teach faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. How, how, many, how many lines? How many generations? How many steps? Paul, count for me. Paul, Paul teaches Timothy. Timothy, I want you to teach what? Who? Faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? That's how many? Four. A good man leaves an inheritance for his, come on, children's children. You have to hear, start thinking at least three generations. You, the next generation, and the generation after you. Don't be myopic in life. You have to be strategic. It is not just Pastor Joe. It is Pastor Joe, your firstborn. It's not Andrew. Uh, uh, Nana? Yes? Nana? Nana's children. Let me see. Four. Pastor Joe, Nana, Nana's children, and their children. Your grandchildren's children. Yes? Yes. Think that way. What pictures are you going to paint? What is the legacy you're going to set up so that after you're gone, 200 years from now, what will they see? You think when the Europeans in 1884 went and sat down and decided we're going to partition Africa, they were thinking, you know, we're going to take it for the next 10 years? No. We want to keep these people bound for the next 500 years, 1,000 years. We don't care. As long as we keep building Europe and they stay poor, we'll do it. Look at Haiti. Haiti becomes independent. America says... America asked a government, then said, mm, wait a minute. <laughs> if these people are so liberated and they begin to shine, people who look like them, who identify with them easily in other parts of the world will also rebel. So let's keep them down. And so the United States and Great Britain and France got together to keep Haiti down. Some of Haiti's problems today are because of the decisions that were made back then. So what are we going to do to make such changes? When the Lord first brought us here in, 19, in the 80s, then we get into the 90s and we have something called crack. 
That begins in South Central LA, in California. You know who introduced it there? The CIA. In the black community. Now we have fathers who are not in their homes. Children being raised up without fathers. The mother has to do, has to be a mother, has to be a father, has to do everything. Then you have the kid now gone astray and becomes a problem for the policeman. <laughs> we have to address things because they affect all of us. Pastor Meg was telling me this thing. Uh, no, no, I'll leave that. Leave that. It's not necessary. Let's just use wisdom. But anyway, the, the point of it is that if, if you don't discipline your children, those same children, as they grow up, like, you know, they're little kids in elementary school, they get to be teenagers, they can shoot the police. So we have to work together as a village to raise those children. Some mother disciplined their child. The system said, you can't discipline the child. So the child got a problem in school. They called the mother. I said, I'm not coming. You take care of it. Because when I disciplined the child the last time, you guys said, I, I can't touch the child. I can't do whatever. So you take care. If you don't let me discipline it, him now, he's going to grow up and shoot the policeman. And this particular example, the policeman, this black guy who said, no, sir, you're not going to come shoot me. So, mama, go ahead and discipline. Sometimes in that case, you just turn away. And you let the mama whip the child real good, the African way. Drive foolishness far out of you. I can never forget one of my foolish days, gambling. Till today, I don't like, what is that thing, sweepstakes. I don't even care for sweepstakes. I was gambling with my cousin. We had no idea that dad was watching us. We're gambling. Can you imagine gambling with your family member? Gamble, and I didn't even need it. I gambled, to, he lost all his money. And then I said, so you put your shirt, you know, put your shirt down. I, you, can you imagine? That is when you know Satan has gotten, your, your, he's gotten you. Because I don't need his shirt. We've been playing soccer. His shirt was smelly. But we're gambling and he, I took, I, he lost all his money. I won. The drive, the, the joy, you know, like the adrenaline. So I said, okay, put what you have. So he doesn't have anything. I said, okay, put your shirt down. So he put his shirt down. He said, I'm going to we'll continue gambling. I win his shirt. Oh, Lord Jesus. I've, I, I got only beaten only twice in my life. One was for gambling. <laughs> I got hit so hard. I would never forget. I saw stars. That day, I decided me... Anything to do with gambling, forget it. If it's black and white, okay. Gray, no. That slap, I can still feel it. Yeah, I'm not saying go beat your children. 
Please come with me to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15. Let me show you some scriptures that will help everybody. Genesis 15. Got to wake up, people. Got to wake up. Got to bring the righteousness of God into our lives, our communities, to our cities, to our nations, to our world. So what happens in one part of the world often has an impact on your life at the side. Need for Christians to have a worldwide vision. The one who established our faith, Jesus Christ, said, Go into the whole world, preach the gospel to everybody. It's global. In its scope, it's global. Genesis 15, verse 5. Genesis 15 and verse 5. Uh, I'm going to read, I want verse 5, excuse me. I'm going to read from verse 4. Genesis 15, verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir. This will not inherit you. He will not. But he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. That which came out of a mistake, that which came out of the flesh, will not inherit you. That will not become your legacy. That which the devil devised, the flesh cunningly devised, that will not be your inheritance. That will not be your legacy. That is not what we're going to continue to determine your future and that of your generations. I'm going to change it. All that is, is in, the, in this case, it was Abraham, right? God said to Abraham, Abraham, you and Sarah, your wife, I'm going to give you a child. Didn't happen right away. You know, long story short. Didn't happen right away. Sarah says, Abraham, take Hagar, my maid. Have a child with Hagar. She, he, the child becomes my child. They used to do that back then. It was a normal practice. Not a big deal. It's different today. Well, unfortunately for, it's a Sarah when girlfriend had a child, Hagar had a child, Hagar says, nah, I got a child. You don't have a child. I'm the mistress. I'm, I'm the madame of the house. And she starts acting, you know, acting up. And, and Sarah says, no, 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 no. I, I, am, I am the missus. You're gone out of this house. You know, make, made her life really hard. So she ran away. She ran away. The angel of the Lord met her and she was told to go back. Just go back and submit yourself. She was told something that's amazing. 
The angel said, you have, you have conceived. You're carrying a child. <laughs> You're carrying a child. Yeah. And I, God said, I'll increase this child. In fact, 12 princes will come out of this child. Do you know why? Because God had already gotten into a covenant with the child's father, Abraham. God had told Abraham, you'll be the father of many nations. So that word was running through Abraham's generations. Whether Abraham would have a child with Keturah, Hagar, Sarah, or whomever, God had spoken. Are you following me? There are certain blessings that are on a person, and because they are on you, they'll keep running for generations. Yes, because God spoke his word. His word will not come back empty to God. Amen. But this child came, not God's promised way. It came by the way of the flesh. It came by the way of human cunning. It was really Sarah's cunning. And uh, Abraham's weakness as a man. It happens in life. It, it happens. Men and women have weaknesses. And sometimes there can be an issue. Some, a child would manifest or something else would manifest uh, the loss of, of business, or something will manifest in the relationship because of human weakness. It does not change what God has said. What God has said, God will do. But it's just that something else has started on another line. It doesn't change God's intention. God will not say, okay, because you started this, I'll forego my original plan and go with you. God never changes course. Amen. Okay. But the blessing is on Abraham, and so his children are blessed. That's it. That's just it. The Arab nations that came out of Ishmael, they're blessed because the blessing was on Abraham, their father, period. May you and your generations be ever blessed. The Bible says you shall be saved and your household. God doesn't stop with you and your household. The blessings are bound to you and your generations. But I need for you to work, learn to work together with God to paint those pictures today so that 200 years from now, it's still speaking. Though you are dead and gone, you're still speaking. Abel is gone, yet he's still speaking. Amen? Whatever God says is forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. God said to Abraham, I'll make a nation out of you. And he said to him, that nation, Israel, before they become a nation, they're going to be in another nation. He didn't tell him the name. We find out later it was Egypt. Greatest empire at that time. But the world will tell you, that Africans aren't smart, and then you despise black people, and some policeman will kill a black person, not an African, but a black person, because in dealing with the person, 
They have no love for the person. They have no respect for the person. When they start talking to the person, the engagement starts from a point of, I disrespect you. And when you do that to a person, regardless of color or economic status, they're going to rebel. And so when they start rebelling, then a confrontation starts. And before long, somebody is shot to death simply because it started with disrespect. Anytime you disrespect somebody created in the image of God, they'll reject it. They'll fight back. They'll rebel. Because you and I are created in the image and the likeness of God, regardless of gender, regardless of color of skin, of age. A human being is made in the image of God. Nobody's supposed to sit on the image of God. No human, no spirit, no circumstance. And so naturally we rebel, we fight back when something, sickness, poverty, a demon, whatever a government wants to sit on us, we rebel. One of the things I love about America is the spirit that you cannot sit on me. I have my rights. I know my rights. Oh, I love that about this country. I know my rights. It makes Americans loud when you meet them in Europe. When I was in school in Europe, you're on the train and you know who the American tourists are. They are the loudest. Yeah, they're like, you know, they act that way everywhere. I know, I know who I am. No wonder, I mean, you play NBA or baseball and you call it World Series. You win NBA. NBA is National Basketball Association, but you win it and you call it what? World Champions. I love that spirit. It's like, I'm the best, man. <laughs> Bring it on. Well, God made you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You learned something? Oh, hallelujah. All right, so verse 5, Genesis 15, verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, God said to him, look now toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to number them. And he said, so shall your seed be. Here's a question. Okay, let's read verse 6. Verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think it was necessary for God to bring Abraham outside? Since he brought him out. All right. What does the Amplified Version say? Or, or different Bibles. It'll, it'll actually, the other Bibles where it says, God brought him outside. They could have had a conversation inside the house, inside his tent. God brought him outside. If it says he brought him outside, it means when they were originally talking, they were inside. Hello? You, you with me? But God goes to the trouble of pulling the man outside. And he says, look up. Count the stars. God is trying to imprint something on his mind and on his spirit, in his heart. You want to make an indelible impression 
right on the canvas of this mind's soul so that he, he becomes one with it. He cannot get away from it. Do you see this? I mean, it was necessary for, for God to do this. What God was doing when he was telling him to count the stars, he was giving him hope. In your notes, you can say he was giving him expectation. For God to manifest Israel, the nation of Israel, and all the numbers, the population that will come from Israel manifested on earth, he needed Abraham, a man, to have this hope, this expectation. Expectation is the womb of manifestation. He needed for somebody to conceive. And he found Abraham. May God find you as a world changer. May God find you as a person that God can put his dream into your heart, into your spirit, that you can't get away from till you fulfill it. May God find you and use you. Do you see this? God painted it on him. Let me take you to Romans 4. Give us verse 18. Romans 4, 18. Now I'm going to read from 17, but I want 18. I'm going to read from 17. So Romans 4. You learned something today? Spirit is fired up. I'm praying for change in the nations. Let the church wake up. Romans 4. Reading from verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who raises, gives life, quickens the dead, and calls those things which are not as if they, were, they are. Which be not as if they were. Amen. If God does that, you should do the same. Call that enterprise as if it is, though it has not happened yet. Call that union. Call that joy. Call that harmony in the family. Call that unity for America. Call it. Though right now, <laughs> we don't have it. We have what they call division, yeah? Okay, let's pray for unity. Call it. Did you learn something? Can I move on? Okay. Verse 18 is what I want. Now, you're going to connect 18 to the picture we just saw in Genesis 15. Right? Romans 4, 18. Everybody? Romans 4, 18. Who against hope, that is Abraham, against hope, believed in what? Hope. He believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. So shall thy seed be. Take that, put it back in Genesis 15. Go back to Genesis 15, 5. Everybody, let's go, please. Genesis 15, 5. And God brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven. Count the stars if you're able to name, number them. And he said, So shall your seed be. Yes? So shall your seed be. Same thing we just read in Romans 4. But in Romans 4, and verse 18, against hope, Abraham believed in hope 
that he might become father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. God said, count the stars, so shall your seed be. Here he says he believed in hope so that what God wanted to manifest, all right, may happen. For, for that to manifest, God had to give him hope. God had to make the man expectant. And what was the expectation? The expectation was the picture. Count the stars. I think you did that when you were a child. Count the stars, you know you can't count. God, it's like somebody who is, his wife is barren, he's old. God says, you'll be father of many nations. He hears this. And you're like, wow. Ah, what? God says, come. Go, count the stars. The other thing God did to him, God said, count the sand, the grain of sand. You can't count. So God painted this picture so that when the devil makes you, makes you depressed or you know, you're down, your soul is downcast within you and you look down, you see the dust and you remember the word of God and you are lifted up. Praise God. Reverend Janice taught that from Psalm 42. And I taught it the previous week or on a Wednesday that David said, my soul, why are you down? I will yet praise the Lord. But why are you greatly down? And when he praised God, he began to come up. And he talked to himself again. Why are you still down? Praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord. And that brings you up and you believe, David said, I would have fainted. I would have despaired. I would have given up unless I had believed to see, somebody tell me, to see the goodness of God. So you have to have a picture of the goodness of God. David is the one who said, goodness and mercy shall follow me. You have to have a picture of the mercy, a picture of the goodness. And imagine it chasing after you. Can you understand that? Sit on my right hand side. Thank you. Until I make your enemies your footstool. Isn't that a picture God is painting for Jesus? For the joy that was set ahead of him, Jesus despised the cross. He saw something greater than the cross. He saw your salvation. He saw your healing. He saw your deliverance. He saw your vibrancy. He saw the unity of the faith. One faith, one baptism, one Lord. He saw the dynamism of the Holy Ghost at work in somebody who was previously bound out of Mary Magdalene. He cast out seven demons, but he did not see a demonized woman. He saw the first preacher of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus met Mary Magdalene for the first time, scripture says out of her, Jesus cast out spirits at seven of them. What I'm telling you is Jesus was not focusing on your past and the problem. He was focusing on what you would do from in your life. I've come to tell you that God has great things for your life and the Lord will bring them to pass. But you have to work together with God by seeing these pictures. In Psalm 2 he says, I will give you the heathen for your 
inheritance. I've come to tell you that the flesh will not be your inheritance. What was destined for Africa will not be the inheritance of Africa because it was out of the flesh. What is destined for Haiti will not be the inheritance of Haiti. I stand to declare that that which is lost shall come to you. Anything that has been stolen from you shall be restored. Whether it's an individual, it is a couple, whether it's a family or a tribe, or a city, or a nation, I stand to declare as a man of the living God that that which is stolen from you, you shall recover all. Somebody say hallelujah. Oppression is not from God. It is from the devil. And I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will break that yoke and remove any burden. Whether it's over a nation or an individual. Didn't God deliver an entire nation, Israel, out of bondage, out of slavery? Let me ask you a question. Do you think that back then, the people who held black people in America, slaves, do you think that they wanted them free? No. No, not at all. No, sir. It is the power of God that brought that deliverance. Even through the civil rights movement. It was the power of God. There was, still, there was still resistance, but it was the power of God. In this country, the movement started mostly out of the churches. It's the power of God. Gospel music kept people going. They just had hope. Go to church and get revived. Live for another, go on for another week, expecting Somehow expecting that these pictures of deliverance they had seen in the Bible will manifest. Those who conceived it gave birth to it. And some of us are enjoying liberties today because somebody happened to see and conceive that one day white people and black people can be united and walk in love in this country. Somebody conceived it. Today, today, now, every black kid can believe that they can be president because somebody has done it. But I'll be honest with you. When I came to this country, I could not believe. I could not see it. When I looked at the system, I couldn't see it. I'll be honest. But today, it's history. Because somebody had the audacity of I'm done. Somebody had the audacity, dared to believe. Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have seen this. I see you rising up. I see you rising up. Rise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the living God is risen upon you. I don't see you bound. I see you free. If the devil is trying to keep you bound, I see you free. I see you walking. I see you leaping. I see you praising God. I see you prosperous. I see you healing the sick and delivering the oppressed. I see you singing your songs all over the world. I see the glory of God on your life. So what's it going to be? Reject the pictures the devil gave you. Let me show you very quickly something the devil does in this same way. Because the devil, he's not a creator. He just imitates the system, the patterns that God has set in place. You get my accent? A pattern, you know, like a model. Do you understand? Okay, let me show you this. James chapter 1. James 1. 
No, we'll, we'll pray. I'll, I'll have to end. We'll pray. I'll pick it up another time. James 1. Give me verse 14, I think. James 1. Uh, excuse me, give me a moment. Yeah. All right, excuse me. I'm going to read from 13. 13. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. We're good? All right. So God's not using the flesh to make you spiritual. <laughs> Amen? God's not using anything of the devil to make you better. God was not using 9-11 terrorist attacks to bring America to God or to judge America. No. God has judged our sins in Jesus Christ on the cross. And what Jesus did was complete. His work was finished. That is why he sat down. After his work was finished. You cannot add to the finished work of Christ. God does not need to judge America. To bomb America. To save America. No. That was an evil thing. God wanted us to be free. To be delivered. God showed visions. God called people to pray. God opened. Showed FBI. CIA. But human beings. Human failure. They, 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 they did not make the connection. God did not want it to happen. Even right here in our own church, God gave us revelations to pray against this thing. And we prayed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say the day that it happened, I was supposed to go to Washington, D.C. And that day, Mr. Meg and I went on a prayer walk. We come back. I go upstairs to shower to go and I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to go. He said, I, I don't want to go. In fact, I'm really upset with the organization we're dealing with in Washington, D.C. What needed to be done the previous week on two occasions, it wasn't done. This is the United States. How come I have to go a third time? I'm not even going to forget it. Something was restraining me from going. And I would drive by the U.S. Pentagon from Virginia to go. The Lord did not let me go. At that time. I'm telling you. There's nothing that the devil wants to do against you. That God will not deliver you from. No weapon formed against you. Shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment. I stand with you. And I condemn it. In Jesus name. Amen. Somebody say amen. Okay. Okay. Look at this. James 1. Verse 14. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Drawn away. So you are in your position and a force wants to move you away. See, like I'm standing here in front of this podium. And in this case, it would be a negative force. Me, the devil wants to draw me away. You see this? What's the next verse? Tell me the number. 15, thank you. Then when lust has what? Conceived. You cannot give birth unless there's what? A conception. Hope. 
Expectation is the womb of manifestation. When lust has conceived, it brings forth, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is finished with you, <laughs> it brings forth what? Death. John 8, 44. The lust that was there, that was in the man who started it, who brought it. I'll show it to you in John 8, 44. John 8, let's go to 44, please. When you find it, say amen. John chapter 8, verse 44. All right, those in church, can you, you have it? Amen. All right, everybody out in the world. John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil. And there, read it. The last of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And I bought not in the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he's a liar and the father of it. So the devil has what? Lust. Come on, people. Okay, John 8, 44. Let's just focus on only the first part. Make it easy. You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. This is when they wanted to murder Jesus. And Jesus is the spirit of murder. To kill, kill, steal, destroy, hate, division, whatever. That is the lust of the devil. He put it in some men in 1884. Yes, Ever Max, 1884. Was it Belgium? Belgium. They met in Belgium. In Berlin, yes, in the Berlin Conference, 1884. Said, we're going to chop up Africa. Cut it up. Partition it. Germany, you can take this part. France, you take this part. England, you take this part. Italy, you take this part. Can you imagine? You think they wanted to take it for 10 years? No. No. Then, <laughs> then they came and colonized Africa. Then we had to fight for independence. While you're fighting for independence, other people or some other places say, no, no, no. We need their resources. Right now, China wants Africa. <laughs> yeah. And they have a government that does not like God. The individual Chinese people were born again. The, lot, the millions born again. But their, their government, their, their system, is anti-God. And you don't want that to dominate the world. I pray always against that. I pray against that. We need some balance in our world. I'm telling you, you have to stop being simple, narrow-minded you have to start thinking. You have to, even if you're not interested in foreign affairs and all that, you have to understand that things that happen in China, in North Korea, in Brazil, in different places, impact our world. And so you have to start praying these pictures. You just saw in John 8, 44, the lust of the devil says you would do. Then you take that to James chapter 1 
And he says, a man is drawn away from, by his own lust. But I just showed you that the lust actually started from who? The devil. He has a desire to destroy, to steal, kill, and destroy. In order to do it, he has to give somebody a picture. And then the, pic, the person is drawn away. If you're drawn away, you're being drawn to something. You have this position. Something is drawing you away from it. It's drawing you to something. Nobody just gets up and destroys your life. Just because, well, for the fun of it, who does that? Nobody. The devil just paints a picture that this place is sweeter. As they say, the grass is greener on the other side. It is only when you actually get there that you say, I wish I had stayed. <laughs> On my side. I heard Bishop Jace talking about this. And I said, wow, this man has so much wisdom. He said, until this COVID thing passes. Please, you have this one life. Protect yourself. Keep yourself. And stop whining about, I can't hug my grandchildren. I can't hug this person. I can't even visit this person. So I'm just going to go and do it. He says, no. Protect yourself so you can stay alive for many more years to hug them, to visit, to go to the beach. If you have to stay from going to the beach for just one year, please suffer through it so that you can enjoy going to the beach for the next 60 years. He says, this is how he has programmed himself. He says, I have grandchildren. It hurts me that I can't hug them. I have my children. I can't. So if we want to bless them, he says, we call them. We are coming by. It's going to be at the door. I respected them. And he says, it's going to be at the door. We leave it at the door and we go home. What's the wife's name? Sarita. Mrs. Sarita. Yeah. Sarita and I, we're not coming in. We're leaving it at the door. Because we want to be able to have dinner with you, want to be able to hug you, but for now, until this thing passes, I am not going to say, oh, well, it's my right to hug my child. So don't come to my house. I am not coming to your house. You invite me to a party, I'm not coming. You want scripture? I give you scripture. Isaiah 26. Hide yourself for a season. Until this indignation is over. Then you come out of your house. Hello? Please stop hugging people in church. I don't know what else you want me to say. Elders, pastors, stop it. Stop it. I see it and I'm talking to you. Stop it. You are stopping people from coming to church. People are nervous. They don't want you to touch them. They don't want you to hug them. Stop it. Please. We're working too hard. We're praying. There are people in their houses who don't want to come to church because your, your hands are all over them. You're touching, you're hugging them. Stop it. Just stop it. Well, pastor, you don't have faith. Amen, I don't. Stop it. Just stop it. Learn to be obedient. Learn to be obedient. Please. Please, stop being in my face. 
Last week, somebody was talking to me, took off their mask. As I put it, I says, I want you to hear me. Are you kidding me? What is wrong with you? Are you even thinking straight? Pastor, you're upset. Yes, I'm upset. Stop it. Some people won't say it. I will say it. I have to say it. It's my duty. It's my responsibility. I'm sorry I didn't do it quite the way uh, Bishop Jakes did it. He was so sweet. He was so, I'm listening. I'm saying, my, he's so wise. You can tell he's restraining himself from, you know, just lashing out other people. But he was so wise. I was like, I really respect you. I can't do this because I'm really upset. I know what you're talking about. I'm upset. I'm upset. Because I see this thing in my own church too. But I respected him. Because imagine he's dealing with 30,000 people. People with attitudes. It's not easy. This job. But we have the grace. Did I help you today? All right. Hallelujah. So what, what lust do you have? You have the devil's lust? And we're going to pray now. Do you have the devil's lust? Get it out. What is driving you? Get it out. What is drawing you away from your steadfastness? From your place of love? From your place of joy? From your place of peace? From your place of healing? Get rid of it. Resist it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord says by his stripes you are healed. So look at healing. Look at pictures of you healed. I'm leaping and jumping. I'm walking. I'm able to exercise. I'm able to eat these things that I want to eat. That God has blessed me with. I mean, look at that. I will take sickness away from you. Look at that. And the number of your days I will fulfill. Look at that. Not something cutting your life off because it is in your genes. No, because the blood of Jesus is speaking better things for you. Look at that. Did I help you today? We're going to pray now. Amen? We're going to pray. And you're going to take divine authority over the lust of the devil. That spirit that wants to in inject something into you. You're going to bind that power, that influence, the demons, and you're going to resist the devil. And who will flee from you? The devil will flee from you. And whatever pictures the devil has shown you, now you want to take God's pictures from the Bible. For example, I'll take sickness away from you. So can you see sickness away from you? Look at that picture. By his stripes I'm healed. Look at that picture. In years, the Lord Jesus makes you whole. Peter said that to a cripple in Acts 9. So now he has to see himself whole. You know, like Jesus said, will you be made whole? You have to look at whole, not I don't have anybody, not I don't know. No, wholeness. Did you get it? The Lord will prosper you. The Lord will give you wisdom. To make wealth so that you support God's kingdom. Let your mind be on that. Not, oh, but pastor, I have this bill. No, no, no. May God make your life like that man I met. I was probably like 29 years old, something. A millionaire said to me, we're just talking, and he said, you know, pastor, the IRS says I owe them this money. It's a lot of money to me. 
And he said, but I don't owe them. But even if I do, it's not a problem. And I was like, wow. Can you imagine you're in America, you're 29 years old, something like that. And this guy's talking to you about all this money that the government says, the IRS says he owes, the tax people say he owes, and he says he doesn't owe it. But even if so, it's no problem. And I was like, wow, no problem. Just like that, no problem. <laughs> Lord, put me in a place where I can also just talk like that. No problem. May that be your portion. Amen. I didn't have the funds, but he showed me a picture. He showed me. I remember that man said, you know, just my, became my friend. He said, uh, I won't give you money. It's not money you need. I'll show you how. Pictures. Pictures. Expectations. I'm still expecting. Just like I'm expecting Elder Max to bring me, build me a auditorium. Oh, say you're going to do it. The Lord bless you. In Jesus' name. I'm also expecting God to bless you all with millions so you can pay off this, this building. Pay off. We have a million dollars we owe in this sanctuary. I declare it paid off. Amen. The bank says it's worth three million. It's worth that. But we owe the bank one million. I declare it paid off in Jesus' name. You ready to pray? I hope I bless you today. Amen? All right, please go home and pray for the nations. Pray for this country. Pray for people to see better pictures. Amen. Pray that God will give policemen better pictures. So when they, when they deal with you, they are not walking in fear. You know? Because that fear makes people edgy. They do things they may not do if we're all walking in love. Praise God. In your family, may there be love instead of fear. Amen. <laughs> your wife hiding her millions from you. Your husband hiding his hundreds of millions from you because there's fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. I pray for perfect love instead of the fear. I'm telling you, what I'm preaching it happens daily. Happens. Husbands and wives hide things from each other because of fears. Perfect. I'm not saying you don't love, you love each other, but it's not perfected. You understand that? Parents do that with children, children with parents, all kinds of craziness. Pray for perfect love. Amen. Praise God. If you love me, don't hug me now. Perfect love. I'm asking for that. Pastor is afraid. Yes, don't hug me now. Till I come out of my fear, don't hug me. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, the fear is gone. Thank you for spirit of love, spirit of power, spirit of a sound mind that is coming. I see the spirit of a sound mind. I see the spirit of power. I see the spirit of love. I see that taking over, taking over these United States, taking over the nations, taking over individuals, taking over families. I see that we are abounding in love. May you abound in love one toward another. In the name of the Lord Jesus, right here in this church, abound one toward the other. Couples, married people, family members, may you abound one toward 
another. Philippians 1, 9 is that scripture. I pray for that. For you in Jesus' name. The Lord give you insight, wisdom, revelation, spiritual judgment. That through it you will abound in love one toward the other. As you abound in love, as love increases and is perfected in you, may the spirit of fear that has brought torment to you so you cannot sleep at night, you cannot trust your wife, you cannot trust your husband, you cannot trust family members. May you be loosed, may you be free in the name of Jesus. And in this place, may you see love, may you see peace, may you see power. May the spirit of the Lord destroy the yoke of oppression over your mind, over your soul, in Jesus' name. I pray for reprogramming, reprogramming, according to scripture, that you be transformed by the renewing, the reprogramming, the renewing of your mind. I pray for new expectations. I pray for your hope to be stirred up, be founded on love that is unfailing. In the name of Jesus, hope maketh not ashamed. Why? Because of the love of God in us. I pray that your hope, your expectation be founded on love, not on fear, but on love. In the name of Jesus, love for your fellow being, your fellow citizen, black or white, brown or whatever, that your hope, your expectation of life, your expectation of peace, your expectation of abundance will be based on love in the name of Jesus. Father, shed abroad, pour abroad your love into us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Makatali, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that people will not be drawn away from their steadfastness, but they'll be grounded and anchored in Christ. I pray that Christ will be their anchor. They will be grounded. They will be established in love. Grounded in love. Established in the faith. Unmovable in the work of the Lord. Abounding in the work of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so now I come against the spirit of darkness. The spirit of hatred. The spirit of the devil who brings lust lust to kill, lust to murder, the lust to steal and destroy. I rebuke the devil. I rebuke the devil in Jesus' mighty name. And I bind these spirits that come to steal, spirits that come to kill, spirits that come to destroy. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Take your hands off of God's people. Take your hands off of God's people in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Now may you rise. May you rise. May you rise. May you rise. May you rise and shine. The Lord Jesus makes you whole. The Lord Jesus makes you whole. Where your back was broken by debt and indebtedness. The Lord loose you from devouring spirits. May the Lord loose you from poverty. May the Lord loose you from lack. And the Lord who delights in the prosperity of those who serve him. Prosper you. Prosper you. Prosper you. 
as the woman of God was used by God to teach us and minister to us from the book of Joshua that your will be prosperous if you meditate on the word of God. If you observe to do God's word, word you will make your way prosperous and have good success. I stand on that word from Joshua 1 and I pray for you also in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that your way will be made prosperous. Your work will be made prosperous. May the Lord grant power, grant favor and grant wisdom to bless your enterprise, to increase you. Prosper the works of your hands so that you will give into his kingdom. So that you will bless those who don't have. So you make a difference in your community. In the name of Jesus. In your city. In your country. Even have more than enough to make a difference in the world. In Jesus name. And so I see you building schools. In the name of Jesus. I see you with great wealth. Offering scholarships for students. I see you building homes. Building homes for the homeless. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I call it to be in. Let it be in the name of Jesus. We call what is not as if it is. In Jesus mighty name. In Jesus mighty name. In Jesus matchless name. Receive your breakthroughs today. In the name of Jesus. Now begin to thank God. Begin to praise God. Begin to pray in the spirit with me. Pray in any language you want. In the name of Jesus. Begin to thank God for what he has done for you. Please. All over the world. In your homes. Now begin to thank God for the breakthrough. It comes by the power of God. Thank God. Thank God for writing his word on your heart and on your mind. Thank God right now that he wrote his word on your heart today. He wrote his word on your mind today. That you have this hope. You have this expectation. You have conceived and you will give birth to God's dream. To God's plan. Thank him. Praise him. Thank him. Praise him. Please in your home right now. Don't get distracted. This is not the time to allow the devil to distract you. This is a time to pray the word. Pray the word that you've heard into manifestation. For God will watch over his word to perform it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I see your back loosed. Your back is not broken. You are loosed. You are loosed. I see you not crippled. I see you leaping, jumping, praising God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I see that back problem healed. I see that leg problem healed. I see you walking. I see you leaping. In Jesus' mighty name. All degenerative diseases are now being healed. Are now being healed. Your spine is being healed. In Jesus' name. Put your hand on your forehead. If this, if this word from God applies to you. Anything with your spine, anything with your back, anything with your vertebrae, be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I speak life to you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. If you are able, now put one hand on that part. Put your hand on that part. Maybe on the side of your body. Maybe on your backside. I don't know. But put your hand on the place that was hurting. Or the doctor has already diagnosed something. Put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your kidney. If you are able, 
In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray life for your organs. May the spirit of the Lord quicken your mortal body today by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray for an invasion of heaven here on earth in your life. Thy will be done, O God, on earth as it is in heaven. It is your will in heaven that wholeness is our portion. It is your will in heaven that soundness is our portion. It is your will in heaven that we walk in health. And so I pray thy will be done in the bodies of God's people. Heart be healed. Kidneys be healed. Liver be healed. Be healed and be restored. In Jesus' name, I speak life to your spine. I speak life to your spinal column. I speak life to the core, to your core. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Let the life of God hit your spine, hit your vertebrae. Let the life of God hit you and make you sound, make you whole. In the name of Jesus. Makatari nebirikatos kratas takaya. May you not feel like you are coming apart at the seams. May you no longer feel like you are coming apart at the seams. Being pulled. Your limbs are being pulled out. May you no longer feel that. May you not feel that the bottom part of your body is pulled away from the top part of your body. No, 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 no. In the name Jesus. But may you put on today supernaturally the belt of truth to hold together the bottom part of your body with the upper part of your body. Held together by the belt of truth in the name of Jesus. May the shield of faith cover your chest area against all arrows shot at you supernaturally. And against sicknesses shot at your your chest area, shut at your lungs in the name Jesus. Your respiratory organs be touched by God. I pray supernaturally the shield of faith to cover the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith to cover your chest area. I declare nobody within the sound of my voice will be attacked and succumb to COVID-19 to any, any variant in the name of Jesus by the word of truth, by the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness. I declare your chest covered. I declare your lungs covered. Come on, receive your healing. Come on, receive your protection in the name of Jesus. I see you protected. I see the breastplate of righteousness covering your breast area. In the name of Jesus, protecting your lungs, protecting your breathing. Live! Live! May he who said, when I passed by you and I saw you polluted in your blood, I said to you, live, live, and you lived. May he make you live. May he make you live. I declare we will not bury anybody from the plague of COVID-19. In Jesus' name, we will not do this. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. We will not bury family. We will not bury church members. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, cover your people with a shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness. 
No arrow shot at you will penetrate. You are protected. And you have the blood covering of Jesus. The blood speak better things for you. <laughs> there it is. Come on. There it is. Rejoice. The blood is speaking better things. Better things of health. Better things of peace. Better things of prosperity. Somebody rejoice. The true light shines for you. It shines with salvation. It shines with healing. It shines with deliverance. It shines with peace. It shines with power. It shines with prosperity. You have God's grace. You have God's favor. You have God's favor in Jesus name. In Jesus' name, somebody rejoice today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody rejoice. Come on, people, just rejoice. You say, thank you, Jesus. I give you praise for my breakthrough. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody voice it out right there in your home. Voice it out right here in church. Voice out your praise to God. Voice out your thanksgiving to God. Make the voice, the voice of melody heard. The voice of praise heard. Say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. O Kabasanda Labrakatunde, Libikai Katuri Bazundi Bakaya, Reis Kutarindo Zito Rinde, Krapandulus Bandele Benkutunda, Arinda Bazunte Labrikitunda Bazute, Ribikai Tazunta Fabia. In Jesus' mighty name, by the faith of the living God, I call it done. I call it done. Now stretch your hands before I pray a final prayer. In this case, we're stretching our hands over our houses, households, families, generations. Remember the word you heard today. This of the flesh shall not be your heir, but what God said shall be your heir. As your hands are stretched, God said one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. I know you've been chasing, praise God. But I touch and agree with you by the faith of God. And I stand as a man of God in my office and pray by an apostolic unction upon your life. An apostolic unction breaks barriers. An apostolic unction opens doors. An apostolic anointing helps people discover their purpose and fulfill their destiny. I pray this over you and your houses, your generations. Whether you have a child or not, you came from a family. I'm praying for you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now I touch and agree with you that as your hands are stretched out, unction is going over your generations. The flesh and that which is of the flesh shall not be your legacy. It shall not be your legacy. It shall not be the inheritance. It shall not be that which stands. But that which is of God is what will stand. It's what will stand. And so I touch and agree with you that as these hands are stretched out, may blessings come upon you. Blessings come upon your house. Blessings come upon your family. Blessings come upon your generations. In the name of Jesus. 
Blessings come upon your generations. Blessings upon your generations. What you have seen, what you have conceived, what you hope for, what you expect, I declare it's conceived in the womb and shall manifest. I declare it shall manifest for you and for your generations. In the name Jesus, your legacy shall be righteousness. Your legacy shall be joy. Your legacy shall be peace. Your legacy shall be prosperity. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, your legacy shall be what the Lord promised you. This is what shall stand. 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 What the devil devised, what came by the spirit of the serpent, what has been crafted, the Lord destroys. That which is of the Lord stands for you. The Lord bless you. Bless you. And make you a blessing. May God spread the gospel through you like it did. Through Peter to the Jews and through Paul to the Gentiles. The Lord spread the good news to the nations. Beginning in your Jerusalem right here now where you are. Begin in your home. Your Judea, your Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. It is done in Jesus name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord. Ah, we hit a note of praise previously. And again, the second time, I can sense it in my spirit. Give the Lord praise. In your home, give him praise. Give him praise, people. Give the Lord praise. Ah, kabasandelelelele. Hallelujah. 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 Samaria, God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you, Reverend Rosemary. God bless you. God bless you, church. God bless you around the world. God bless you. God bless you. Give the Lord praise. Somebody give the Lord praise today. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Can you see the abundance? Can you see the glory of God? Can you see it? Can you see it? I see it for you. Give the Lord praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Just one more thing. I almost forgot this. The Lord gave me this revelation just this morning before I came. Blessing on your mind. Earlier when... I said, put your hand on, on, your, on your, he your head. It was coming to me and it escaped me. But I thank God for bringing it back. Hallelujah. Remember, God gave Daniel and his three friends, the, the children of Judah who were in Babylon, he gave them skill, understanding, in learning, in science, in math, so yes, I know we go to school, we study, our environment influences us and all that. I know that. Thank God for that. You get certain uh, blessings from your, your family, your, your parents, you know, certain smartness and all that from your parents. I know I understand all that, but I'm ministering now by, by the Spirit of God as a man of God. Not school business, but as a man of God. From what God showed me. Nobody here. Will suffer from forgetfulness. 
No one here will suffer from forgetfulness. As your hand is on your head, your forehead, receive this blessing. And all around the world, receive this blessing. You not suffer from Alzheimer's. You not suffer from Alzheimer's. All brain and mind problems, illnesses, whatever they are called, they bow to the name of Jesus. The Lord showed me today that his spirit quickened the minds of Daniel and his three friends and, and the young people of Judah and made them ten times smarter than the smartest in Babylon. Receive that quickening. Receive that anointing for yourself and for your house. For yourself and for your generations. Receive it. You, you will not be forgetful. You will not lose your mind. You will not have Alzheimer's. You, you, you will not be confused. You will not be depressed. Jesus wore a crown of thorns. So you wear a crown of glory. So you have the mind of Christ. May the Lord restore your mind. I pray that by the spirit of God, you fire up your brain cells. The Lord will fire up. That is, he'll quicken, he'll quicken, make alive your mortal brain cells. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for supernatural fire. Divine electricity to electrify the neurons, your natural neurons. All the pathways of the brain that makes you smart, the anointing of God come upon it and make you smarter. Come on, receive it. I saw it today and I pray this for you. I pray this for you. In Jesus' name. Again, I'm not in the natural I'm not a medical doctor. I don't know all those things. But your neurons, the way that pathways in the brain work fast to make you remember things and make you smart, those are natural things. Exposure to your environment, the genes, what you got from all that, yes. But that's not my expertise. My expertise is spiritual. As a man of God, standing in my apostolic calling. And the apostolic anointing breaks barriers and clears pathways and helps people discover their callings and fulfill divine destiny. And I pray this for you. You will not suffer Alzheimer's. I pray for divine power to fire up the neurons of your brain. Come on, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. All over the world, receive it. Receive it. Lord, give you wisdom, the power to get wealth. Lord, give you wisdom and favor to push you ahead of the smartest of your world and of your nation so that through you, the world will be blessed. So that through you, righteousness will be exalted in this country and around the world. Please receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. In any industry God has planted you in, and you be the best, the greatest, the brightest. I call it done in Jesus' matchless name. Yes, Lord!
Lord. Amen. Give him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Give the Lord praise, somebody. Ah, come on. Give the Lord praise. Put on your dancing shoes and give the Lord praise. The greatest, the brightest, the best. Hallelujah. Come on, learn to rejoice before it, it happens. Rejoice before it happens. Woo! Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I love you, church. God bless you. Love you all around the world. God bless you. Have a glorious week. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Those of you around the world want to give you an opportunity to be blessed. The Lord bless you financially. Bless the works of your hands. Bless all that you do. Give you an opportunity to give into, to God by giving into this ministry. Amen. All right. And God bless you as you give. Praise God. This is World Missions Ministries. And you can give three ways we have through which you can give. You can give via Zelle transfer. You can give via Zelle transfer to World Missions Ministries. The phone number for Zelle transfer is 571-234-2387. I repeat, the via Zelle transfer to World Missions Ministries. The phone number for that is 571-234-2387. 2387571234 You can also give online via PayPal. You can give online via PayPal. Just go to wmmchurch.org. wmmchurch.org. .org. And click the donate button and give as the Lord has given to you and led you to. Amen. And then finally, if you want to send a check to World Missions Ministries by mail, the address is 6805 East Clinton Street. Clinton, Maryland. 20735. I repeat, the address for World Missions Ministries it's 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, and that's because the USA. All right, God bless you. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. I receive it. Thank God. Thank God. Praise God. All right. I will.